At a really early age, I had been very promiscuous and there was a few people that I can really remember. And one of those was my girlfriend that I had, her name was Julie. We were started dating at an early age. We were probably 13. About a year later, Dustin Garrett got a phone call from Julie, a phone call that he will never forget. And this is when she disclosed to me that she was pregnant. Walking through the halls of a desperate place I see it on the faces All the mothers, all the fathers Searching for some faith Here I am, one of them My world inside a broken frame Dustin Garrett was about 14 when he learned his girlfriend was pregnant. Today, he's in his mid-30s, leading a very different lifestyle than he was 20 years ago. Dustin is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Josh Batson, sitting in for Jim Kirkland on this episode. And I'm Phil Fleischman. A little later in this episode, you will also hear from Billy Graham. You say, well, if I want sex, that's my own business. What about the girl you get pregnant? No matter what your sin, no matter how deep in sin you've been, God is in the forgiving business because of what Christ did on the cross. You can learn more about the forgiveness that God offers you at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And there's one more address we'd like you to know about, and that's our email address. It's gps at billygram.org. That's easy to remember, right? Just gps at billygram.org. You can share your thoughts on the podcast or ask us a question or make suggestions, really whatever you like. Again, gps at billygram.org. GPS. God. People. Stories. Dustin Garrett grew up in northwestern Indiana, in the suburbs of Chicago. Growing up, I mean, my parents' relationship was pretty strained. I didn't really understand the dynamics of what was happening in my parents' relationship. But um, at a pretty early age, I had realized that their marriage and their relationship was one that didn't seem to be very healthy. Even though his parents' relationship was strained, Dustin says he felt loved by family and friends, but he also sensed from those around him a desire to seek out as much pleasure as possible and to avoid pain at any cost. So that's what he did, too. If you look into my family tree, it's a significant uh, influence of drug abuse and and things like that. So it didn't take very long for me growing up to to find that aspect uh, rather appealing. And I didn't have to look very far to, to find drugs. And so at a very early age, I was using drugs on a regular basis and, um, you know, selling drugs at school when I was in middle school. And that led to me getting kicked out of school multiple times. And, and in fact, actually to the point where Uh, I never even really made it past freshman year of high school. Another way that young Dustin was trying to seek out pleasure was through sex. Yeah, I was pretty, it was really early. Uh, I mean, I definitely by the age of 13. uh, And, you know, at that time I was in in middle school. And, um, yeah, the idea of being sexually active, the school I was going to was kind of just the norm. And so to have multiple you know, girlfriends and partners and things was kind of the norm. And so at a really early age, I, you know, I had been very um, promiscuous. There was one relationship, though, that would be like none of the others Dustin had. Her name was Julie. 
and um, we were started dating at an early age. We were probably 13, and we kind of dated on and off for a while. And uh, at the age of about 14 or, or 15, I remember getting a call from her, and this was back before cell phones, you know. Um, this is when you know, you'd use your parents' phone and then what could happen is if the parents answered the phone somewhere else in the house, they could listen in on your phone call, you know. And that's exactly what happened during this phone call between Dustin and Julie. She had called me and I had picked up the phone. And what I didn't know is that her parents were listening in on the phone as well. And this is when she disclosed to me that she was pregnant. Walking through the halls of a desperate place I see it on the faces All the mothers, all the fathers Searching for some faith Here I am, one of them My world inside a broken frame At 14 or 15, Dustin was overwhelmed by the thought of being a father. The next thing I knew, I found myself at Julie's house with Julie's parents and my parents, and we were all sitting in the basement of her house, and it was absolutely terrifying. I remember just almost shaking in fear and not knowing what to do and and actually feeling a rather bit helpless because me and Julie pretty quickly, I think, realized that this was something that that was not ultimately our decision um, because we were so young. Uh, I mean, looking back, I don't think I, I fully comprehended that, but um, we definitely were aware that our parents were the, ultimately going to be the ones who were making this, this decision. And they had come to the conclusion that Julie would have an abortion and that I would help pay for it. And I'll tell you if, that initially well, that was quite a relief for me. Like I remember feeling a sense of relief because the idea of having a child seemed like it would just ruin our lives. Like that's the belief that was there, that if you have this child, your whole life is going to be ruined. Or that if you have this child, you're not going to be able to raise it. So we are going to have to raise it. And I think the thought of either my parents or their parents raising another child was not something they were willing to come to grips with. So Dustin gave Julie's family two or $300 to help pay for the abortion. I remember getting a call from Julie after that happened. And I can still remember the sound of her voice in that call. As she had just gone through something extremely traumatizing. I want to say she was somewhere around three months pregnant at the time that it happened. And she described to me in pretty good detail about these cold instruments and and how painful and how just horrible the incident was. That conversation changed something in Dustin. I think that's when I started thinking about things differently. I became painfully aware of, I wondered what the child was. Was it a boy or a girl? I, I began to wonder, you know, what would it have been like to, to be a dad? And, and those sort of thoughts began to really kind of plague me and so much so that uh, I remember talking to my dad about it and in an attempt to console me in that time that's when I learned that before I was born my mom had had an abortion as well. 
Dustin's dad also told him that he, Dustin, almost died when he was born. When I was born, my mom had to go into an emergency C-section because my umbilical cord had been wrapped around my neck. I'd actually stopped breathing, and when they brought my mom to the hospital, my dad wasn't necessarily a very religious man, but at that time, he told me that he went down into the hospital, into the chapel of the hospital, and got on his knees and, and prayed that God might spare his son. And obviously, God answered that prayer. But then I began to think, okay, so why am I here? You know, there's an abortion before I was born, and I almost, you know, died. And it just brought all these questions up into my mind. And at that time, when I was 15, I just had no way, I had no framework to reconcile those large of questions. Every anxious thought that steals my breath, it's a heavy weight upon my chest. The only way anyone can really reconcile those kinds of questions is by taking them to God. But faith wasn't a part of Dustin's family. The only relative he knew who was a Christian was one grandmother. She most certainly had a relationship with Jesus. And I actually give credit to God using my grandma to show me who I needed. And later on in life, when I had ended up on the suicide floor of a jail, that's when I cried out, Jesus, save me. And I believe I knew who to cry out to because of my grandma's faithful testimony to me, but also the way she lived her life. The reason Dustin ended up on the suicide floor of a jail is because his life began spiraling downward after Julie's abortion, and so did hers. They stayed friends, but their romance ended. We tried. We tried to, but our relationship was, it wasn't built on anything that was going to last. The majority of our relationship was built upon just the physical aspect. And she kind of spiraled down and started not too long got into prostitution. And there was always something in my heart that, you know, that really cared for Julie. But as time went on, she kind of went her own way and I went a different way, even though those ways were both filled with just misery and drug addiction. And when I look back and the lie was, hey, if you have this baby, your lives are going to be ruined. And in fact, I would say it actually went the other way. That was a significant, if not the most significant fork in the road of my life. And the choice to not have the baby actually plunged us into this world of misery. But it didn't seem like misery to Dustin at first. He'd been kicked out of high school, and he spent his days and nights running around Chicago. I exhausted every avenue of pleasure that I could. And at the beginning, you know, it it was something that was really exciting and and fun. And then as time started going on, uh, I I began to see my friends die of drug overdoses. I began to see my friends go to prison. Uh, I myself ended up in jail many times. There was many things uh, that I did that I, I should be in prison. And I remember it actually then beginning to be a very miserable life, especially since every day I needed heroin to even function. And I did things that I I never thought I would end up doing. Uh, I ended up places that I never thought I'd end up being. And I was just trapped. And years upon years of that, uh, it really began to wear 
and I begin to just sense my deep-seated slavery and to my selfish desires. And at that time, too, my body was absolutely dependent upon uh, heroin to function. And I hated being a slave to it. Dustin's parents tried to help him. From the time he was 16 until he was 21, they got him therapy as well as inpatient and outpatient treatments. But none of it worked. And that's how he ended up on the suicide floor of a prison. Dustin says, I was just done. I was done fighting it. I never thought I would live past my 20s anyway. And I was just kind of ready. Maybe not ready to to die, but I, I didn't want to live like that anymore. And it seemed like taking my own life was, was really probably the own, only solution that made sense. And, but praise God that I was in a, at the jail there, and they put me in a room where they monitored me 24-7. And it was there I think I really came to the end of myself and just saw how much I, I needed God. And I, I got on my knees, and I, I, I truly, I remember just from the bottom of my heart, just saying, Jesus, please save me. And I remember getting out of jail that time with kind of something had happened. I, 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 there was a kind of a hope that was infused into my, my heart. And I also knew that, that I needed, um, I needed God and I needed the Bible. It was the strangest thing that, um, I'd never read the Bible. Um, but every time I was in jail and somebody would open up their Bible, I would just start crying. Um, or, or the times that I tried to read the Bible, I would literally begin to weep because I, I just felt so ashamed about the stuff that I was doing. And I think looking back, I had a, a deep reverence for the Bible is because that's what my grandma did. <laughs> I, I knew that there was a connection between God and the Bible, but I didn't know what that was. I had no clue about that. And so after I got out of jail, I ended up in a homeless shelter where they had a long-term discipleship program for men. And it was the first time in my life some men came alongside me, opened up the Bible and said, this is who you are, this is who God is, this is what Jesus has done. And literally, like, when that scripture talks about the truth setting you free, like, I remember the words just leaping off the page. Like, it was, like, clearly the answer for me. The only thing I knew was lost Until I met the rocky cross That's when Jesus reconciled and the prodigal became a child. Some of the leaders at the rescue mission suggested to Dustin that he should think about going to Bible college. Even though Dustin liked the idea, he didn't think he could do it because he had never finished high school. But he says God just blew the doors open to make it happen. And that's where I really began to work through, from a biblical standpoint, what had happened in my life. And instead of seeing and the abortions that my family had had and things like that as these big, giant question mark, I actually began to view them through the lens of God's sovereignty and saying, you know, God can even take these horrible decisions that we make and turn them around. 
Around the same time God was teaching Dustin about trusting his sovereignty, God did something else big in Dustin's life. While I was at Bible college there, sure enough, the Lord just brought along the most beautiful, precious gift to me and my wife, who's been instrumental in helping me think through these things, helping me talk about them, and being gracious to me as my wife grew up on the mission field, and I don't even think uh, ever dated a man, and I had dated half of Indiana. And so the fact that my wife is so for me, so for sharing this story, is a testament to God's grace as well, and the fact that her parents raised her in just a wonderful way. I still look to them, and I can see how God has used them and, and is using them to show me more of what it means to be a man of God. Anyway, all that to say, I've been blessed with a really wonderful family and my wife's family. When he graduated from college, Dustin served as a worship leader at a church in Peoria, Illinois. That's where he and his wife live now. Today, he works for a pro-life healthcare ministry, and he also ministers to men in the rescue mission where he gave his heart to Jesus. Shortly before Dustin and his wife, Kendra, got married in 2011, he heard from Julie. He didn't know it then, but it would be the last time the two would talk. She had called me kind of out of nowhere. She had heard that I was in Bible college, and she wanted to call and just say, hey, she said that she was clean. And I, I remember telling her about what God had done in my life. She said she was going through a rehab. And then a few months later, I had got the news. She had overdosed and died. And uh, I didn't realize how much, because I've had many friends. I've had just handfuls and handfuls of friends who have died of overdoses. And it's always hard. But Julie was the hardest one. There is hope beyond the suffering, joy beyond the tears, peace in every tragedy, love that conquers fear. Dustin remembers a time after Julie's death when he was one of the speakers at a Christian youth camp. One night after I got done speaking, there was a young lady who came up to me asking me questions about the message. And I remember looking at her. And she just looked just like Julie, just like her when Julie was 15. And I asked her, I said, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? And, and she said she was 15 years old. And it struck me in that moment that was the exact age of what our child would have been. And when I saw this 15-year-old just full of life that looked just like Julie, I just broke down. I broke down. And I thought about, this could have been my child. Like, I could be having the joy of having a young daughter asking me questions about Jesus. You know? And um, after that, every Father's Day has just been really hard. And some of that is the consequence. Uh, some of that, those are going to be unresolved consequences that, uh, that I live with. Dustin says Julie's abortion and his role in it have affected him on the deepest level. He says it's left him battling spiritual lies, lies like he's not worthy to ever have children. He fights those lies with truth from the Bible and with the wisdom of godly friends. The choices that I made don't define my future in regards to 
when it's up against God's grace. And uh, so there's certain things that, yeah, I will have to, to live with. But I can tell you that somehow God has taken all of my awful choices, all of my rebellious, disobedient choices, and He's so gracious to bring about goodness even from my disobedience. And that doesn't, that, again, that's not to say that, yeah, just be more disobedient so, you know, so God can be more gracious. Obviously, no. But that's been the kind of theme of my life is just to go look back and say, I can't believe how God has taken that mess and made something beautiful. He's taken and made beauty out of the ashes that is my family tree. And uh, he deserves all the credit for that. Dustin Garrett has watched firsthand as God has restored his life from years of bad choices. God did that after Dustin surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And God will do that for you, too, no matter how messed up your life is or has been. We can tell you more about God's love for you at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Dustin shares a funny story about a beat-up guitar, a boiler room, and a Spanish-language music book. That's pretty intriguing. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. You say, well, if I want sex, that's my own business. What about the girl you get pregnant, the child she bears, or the abortion that takes place? Billy Graham. You say, if I want to take these drugs, that's my business. What about your parents? What about the people you steal from? You see, your sin and disobedience not only affect your life, but the lives of others. The way of disobedience and sin always leads down to guilt and loneliness and separation and hell. And every step leads law. Every time you flee from the presence of God, you're in trouble. Every time. No matter what your sin, no matter how deep in sin you've been, God is in the forgiving business because of what Christ did on the cross. He's willing to forgive all the past sin. He's willing to give you eternal life that begins right here tonight. He's willing to guarantee you heaven and the life to come because of what Christ did on the cross for you. Because of what Christ did on the cross, you can have a personal relationship with the God of the universe. And we can tell you more at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Our guest on this episode of GPS, Dustin Garrett, leads music at his church. But Dustin didn't learn to play guitar until he was in his 20s, when he was living in a rescue mission. Somebody had donated an old beat-up guitar uh, to the shelter, and somehow I got my hands on it. I remember there being only like three guitar strings on there. I mean, it had like holes in it. I mean, it it had seen better days. Um, but there was men that would come to the rescue mission and play music uh, for the guys and they would bring the chord charts and, and the music in. And I just remember the music being such a rich avenue for my heart to express 
what was going on. I, I didn't really have the vocabulary to express like some of the things that were happening inside of my soul. And so these songs were giving me words to what was happening. And so much so that when the guys left, I wanted to keep singing the songs, but there was no one there to play them. So I had to just go, okay, well, maybe I can learn and figure out how to play these songs myself. And so they had a, a Spanish, learn how to play guitar in Spanish. You know, I don't know Spanish, but they had pictures on this workbook. And I would sit in the boiler room of the rescue mission and with those old sheets, L chord charts, and that Spanish workbook and figure out those songs. And so much so that, you know, that the reason I was in the boiler room, because I would try to, you know, play them around the mission and the guys would be like, Dustin, get out of here with all that <laughs> make racket. And so I was banished to the boiler room of the rescue mission. But it was there where I really learned how to worship God and worship him with the guitar. We really appreciate how transparent Dustin Garrett was as he shared some of the ways God has worked in his life. You know, if his story has helped you in some way, would you let us know? You can email us at gps at billygram.org. Gail recently emailed us, and she told us that she likes GPS because it's uplifting to hear about people who love Jesus and the stories of their lives. Thanks for the kind words, Gail. We appreciate it. And we hope that you feel free to email us, too, with any questions or comments or suggestions or really anything about GPS, because we love hearing from you. The address, again, is gps at billygram.org. I'm Josh Batson. And I'm Phil Fleischman. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of GPS. God, people, stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Heaven came down and placed on a crown. Heaven came down and said you'd been found. I'm rich no more.